1: It's Tuesday, September 13th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes-y, Uh It was uh, a- another night at the ballpark where you see, uh, y- y- you never know what you're going to see every time you come to the park. Uh, last night was no exception. Uh, Terry Francona and Phil Nevin both ejected from the game uh, within uh, minutes of each other by umpire uh, Ron Culpa. And the The Guardians hang on for a five four win uh, after uh, the Angels had come back to tie it. That's uh, nineteen out of the last twenty meetings between the two teams at Progressive field. Uh, the uh, the Cleveland has come away uh, with a win. Uh, just a, another crazy night at the ballpark. Yeah, just uh
0: you know, just going along and it looks like, you know, kind of a a normal Guardians game. It's it's tense, you know, that's it's a one-run game in the late innings and all of a sudden things just kind of exploded there. Uh first uh Terry Francona gets ejected over, you know, uh, uh arguing whether Andres Jimenez was hit or not hit by a pitch and uh I guess that wasn't even really the
1: argument. The argument was yeah, the umpires uh, didn't let Tito uh, challenge or review the play. Uh, they said that uh, Jimenez had reengaged with the pitcher, and so that meant that there was no opportunity for Terry Francona to challenge.
0: Right, and and Francona was saying we did we did you know ask for a hold so we could review the play, and and the umpires said they didn't see it. And they would just kept. Go- they wanted to keep going, and uh, you know, I, I ta- uh the pool. Well, I was a pool reporter, so I went down there and talked to John Tumpane, the first base umpire, the plate umpire. You uh, who did the ejection, Ron Culpa couldn't talk because he was going through a concussion protocol after getting hit in the mask in the, on, an inning later. But uh, you know, he said uh, said that. Um, you know the, the all four umpires. You know met. They the, none of them had none of them saw. You know a, a message. You know the, a hold sign from the Cleveland dugout, and said you know th- that he couldn't that Francona couldn't challenge, and that's when uh, Francona lost it and the argument started and he was ejected.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, a, a, a Tito that we haven't seen much of uh, in his time in Cleveland. Just completely unhinged, screaming obscenities at uh, Ron Culpa. He was uh, held back by John Tumpane and eventually by Demarlo Hale. Uh, and and afterwards, you know, he 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 had a few uh, you know funny things to say about it. Uh, he said he he uh, checked in on his family. I guess was the way he phrased it. Uh, but then you know, Tito even said himself, he's like, I don't like when I I, I don't know what's going through my mind there he just sort of, you know, went all haywire and was yelling at DeMarlo Hale. Uh, DeMarlo was telling him, you know, don't get your, your, your surgically repaired foot uh, stepped on, <laughs> uh, in the altercation. But, uh, it was, that was as intense as I think any of us have ever seen Tito, uh, in, in a ball game. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, just, uh, it, it just, and it went from, you know, like zero to a hundred in like two seconds. And that was the interesting part. And then, you know, it always, you know, whenever you see a manager get kicked out and then you talk to him after a game, they're also calm after that, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but when you see him on the field, you know, they've got smoke coming out of their ears. So it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's. I, it's just, and then you know, then in you know a couple like eight minutes later, uh, you know Phil Nevin of the Angels, the Angels manager uh, got ejected because uh, you know uh, the, their pitcher Ryan Tapera wasn't allowed to throw any warm up pitches while Copa and uh, and uh, uh, Francona were arguing. So
1: it it was just a crazy night. So not the best look for Culpa there. He, he actually stepped in front of the catcher as Tapera was ready to, to throw a warm-up pitch and you know said, no, we're, we're, we're playing. And you can see on the replay, he mouths the words. When Tapera asked why, he said, because I said so. And that was the umpire's reasoning for not letting him throw the, uh, the pitch. And and that that kind of sat a little a little funny with me, you know. Even even though it, it prompted Nevin's ejection, and you know, you, you sort of, uh, if you follow the the Guardians, you're 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 applauding that. Hey, they tossed our guy, so you know their guy gets tossed too, whatever. But uh, you really don't want your umpires stepping in there and making the game about them, and and that really was the feeling and what it what it was like with with Culpa. For the Nevin injet- ejection, you know, I can understand if if the, the way the mechanics of the game went, that that was what prompted Frank Kona's ejection. He got hot because he wasn't allowed to challenge something. And, you know, whether that was by the umpire's mistake or not, uh, you know, that is what it is. Nevin's ejection, I, I think it was completely unjustified in, in terms of he he should have been angry. His pitcher had been waiting five minutes. You know, he wasn't allowed to throw a warm-up pitch because I said so. That's to me, that's garbage. I I, I really think that the um, the league office has to take a look at that situation and say uh, this guy, you know, is making the game more about himself than than it is about baseball.
0: Yeah, it was interesting after the game when I talked to a Tom Payne, uh, you know, the first base umpire. He said, you know, you know, we reviewed the, that situation and we should have given him uh to pair uh, you know some warm up pitches. You know, that was if we had to do it over again, uh we should have get, we would have given him warm up pitches because, you know, the safety of the players is paramount and uh you know he 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 deserves some warm up pitches. So that was an interesting uh uh you know an interesting uh statement by uh Tim Payne and I think they realized that they had they had made a mistake there. Or Tom called the made a mistake.
1: Right, and, the re- and, and and I get it, you know, at, at the time you're getting, uh, you know, 13 consecutive F-bombs thrown in your face by a, a Hall of Fame manager. Uh, I, I could understand why you would get a little heated and your blood would be running hot. And, you know, next thing you know, you turn around and the pitcher's trying to throw a warm-up pitch and you're telling him, no, no, no. I, I, I sort of get that. But then if that's the case, then Tumpane and the other umpires have to step in and tell Culpa, hey, this guy needs to be able to throw a warm-up pitch or two. Uh, you know, let it go, and and the reason you were talking to Tumpane after the game was because, uh, and and I don't I don't believe in karma. I don't really truly believe in karma, but uh, you know the you get to the ninth inning, you get to Emmanuel Classe throwing hundred mile an hour sinkers, and uh, the the pinch hitter uh, uh, Matt Tice, the uh, the pinch hitter at, with two outs in the ninth inning. Fouls one off the mask of culpa and basically knocks him out on his feet, uh, and with two strikes and two outs in the bottom of the ninth, they had to change umpires behind the plate, uh, and and that that prompted another five six minute delay there, uh, as uh, uh, I, I believe uh, Morales went and, and got his gear on. Uh, so Mar- that's Carlos, right. Torres. Cal- to Carlos the Torres. Carlos yeah, Torres. Carlos Torres. second base umpire. Uh, came in and got the gear on. So that takes another five, 10 minutes and all, all to get, you know, one more out in the game as as Copa's getting tended to in the, in the locker room. Yeah, we certainly hope he's okay. I know a member of the Guardians medical
0: staff was uh, in the umpire's locker room, you know, checking him out. And, and I'm sure he was probably going through some concussion protocols because he got, man, he got smacked hard.
1: So there was a, a whole game's worth of action before uh, all these fireworks late, uh, you know, sort of took place. Uh, we, we, you got to talk about the Guardians offense again coming out, uh, scoring early, putting up runs. Uh, they got to Reed Detmers and, uh, you know, they were up with uh, uh, had a four run lead uh, in the game. But then uh, the, the Angels came back a couple of uh, two run home runs, including one by Mike Trout. Which extended his streak of uh, consecutive games with a home run uh, to to seven. Uh, he actually goes tonight for the to tie the major league record. Yeah, the major
0: league record is held by Dale Long, uh, uh, Don Mattingly, and Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, Trout has a chance to uh, you know match that tonight. And he crushed that ball off, off Connor Pilkington in the innings straight away. Ah, uh, center field in the fifth inning, and it, and it was too bad because it ruined a pretty good start by Pilkington. You know, who's who's really making his first big league start since July 23rd, and I thought he did a pretty good job. But the two run homers caught him after three scoreless. He gives up a two run homer to Matt Duffy, Duffy's first home run of of the season, and then a two run homer to Trout, who would who has 35 home runs on on the season.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Tyler Freeman. Had uh, an RBI single in the second. Uh, Austin Hedges drove in two runs with a double, uh, also in the second inning. So uh, you know that gave him a, a three-run lead. Cleveland over its last what six seven games, uh, eighteen eighteen o in the in the first three innings. They've outscored their opponents eighteen to nothing in the first three innings. So that formula that Terry Francona has been talking about about scoring early and then scoring next, uh, you know, and you know, and possibly scoring late. That's all coming to, uh, to to fruition sort of here over this uh this hot stretch in which they've they've won six of the last seven games. Uh it's it's been pretty impressive to watch them uh you know string together and get to get get hits and 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 score runs early and then sort of hold on. Yeah, that's really a big formula for them,
0: Joe, because, you know, once they get behind, I think they have trouble, you know, coming back, you know, because they don't hit a lot of home runs. But if they get the they get the early lead with the pitching they've had, you know, especially in the second half, you know, from the rotation and the bullpen, uh, you know, they're going to be, they're a tough team to catch, not only catch, but beat. And, uh you know, Pilkington gave him five innings last night, but the, the bullpen was, you know, great again—four scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but and uh, you know, Tito kind of emptied the pen with Morgan, uh, you know, Angel Los Santos then uh, Stefan Hentges and and Class A. So, you know,
1: it, it's it's that's a that's a good formula for victory right there. Right. Uh, you got to mention Ahmed Rosario, two for four, a pair of doubles and an RBI. Uh, his his was the game winner uh, there in that seventh inning. Uh, he scored Stephen Kwan all the way from first base. Uh, give the Guardians a 5-4 lead. It was his fifth go-ahead RBI in the seventh inning or later. Uh, and so that's a, a career high for him. Uh, and it was his first multi-extra base hit game since August 9th. Uh, and he has he has eight of those this year, uh, multi- games with multiple extra base hits. Uh, the second most among shortstops uh, in, in the majors this year. So, uh, you know, nice to see uh, Ahmed sort of getting, getting hot again here in mid-September.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, you know, sometimes you forget just how fast Quan is, but I mean, he was flying around those bases on that double. I mean, I don't know. I I, I would have loved to clock you know clock him uh, on on that because you know uh, you know Rosario hits the double down the left field line and and Kwan scores standing up. It was it was he was he was on he had the afterburners on. I, and uh, you know Rosario was asked after the game, did he think uh, uh, Quan would score for first and uh he said uh he really wasn't watching Quan. you know he was just you know kind of trying to get to second base but he he said he thanked Quan for the rbi
1: <laughs> yeah that was uh that's the problem and the problem with the med rosario hitting doubles is that it leaves first base open and now teams are deciding they just don't want to pitch to jose ramirez anymore uh two intentional walks issued uh yesterday He's the first Guardian to be issued two or more intentional walks in multiple games in a season since Travis Hafner in 2010. Uh, he has 14 intentional walks this year, uh, trailing Aaron Judge for the most in the majors. Uh, Judge has 15. Uh, he has 48 intentional walks, the sixth most all-time in franchise history.
0: Yeah, he was intentionally walked Sunday in Minneapolis and now twice on... <laughs> and then, and then twice uh Monday, Monday night, uh, against the angels. And, you know, Joe, it was, it was, I know we were talking about this, um, you know, in the first half when, when Jose could, you couldn't get him out, you know, no one was intentionally walking this guy there. They were all pitching to him. And now, you know, he's, he's still, he's still, you know, hitting well, but he's not, you know, he's not like, uh, in Fuego. And, and now everybody's intentionally walking him. So it's, it's an interesting strategy to watch.
1: Yeah. I can't remember if it was, I think it might've been Detroit who, uh, who figured it out is like, Oh yeah, we can intentionally walk this guy. And they, they started doing it. And uh, uh, you know, after that, he, he got like a bunch, he got like seven or eight within a, a couple weeks span there. And it was, it was when he was at his, his like sort of trailing off at the end of his uh, o- season opening hot streak. And, uh, you know that might have cooled him off uh, uh, not getting the not getting pitched to so uh yeah it, it it's just interesting to see the way teams will a- attack uh the lineup now with jose Ramirez whenever there's a base open but you've got oscar gonzalez behind him and and oscar has has been holding his own really uh ever since he came back from the injured list
0: yeah he's been doing a great job that's you know a lot of pressure Pressure on him, you know, he was hitting what cleanup uh, last night. Naylor got a day off, um, but um, you know, he, you know, he especially against the uh, Twins, he did a nice job in the middle of the lineup. I thought,
1: yeah, it was it was uh, it, it was good to see him not just, uh, you know, when he fell behind in the count, he was still be able to drive the ball and and be effective uh, with his at bat. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Emmanuel uh, A 34th save leads the majors right now. Um, his 58th career save, he tied Brad Hand for the seventh most saves in Cleveland history. So there you go, uh, two years of being the closer, uh, and he's you know leading all of Major League Baseball uh, in uh, relievers in uh, home whip and OPS. His whip is 0.43, and his OPS is 254. Uh, so just pretty impressive what he's been able to do. Uh, one, two, three, ninth inning last night, even with the delay, uh, for the umpire to change his gear.
0: Yeah, he's definitely, uh, you know, he's, he's such a dominant guy that when, you know, he has a rare night where, you know, he has an off night or, you know, a couple guys get on base, you know, it's, it's so, uh, unusual that, you know, it kind of sticks out, but, you know, last night he was just, he was just, you know, that just dominant self, and, you know, in situations like that, you know, if Doc Edwards, uh, the yep. Indians' former manager, always said, you know, good closers, you know, when they enter the game, they they kind of s- calm the storm, you know. They, they bring everything to a standstill. They calm things down, and you just know the game is over, and, you
1: know, more
0: and more that's the feeling you get when Class A enters a game.
1: All right, so another thing we talked about uh, before we started recording here was the uh, the rotation. Uh, we get Cody Morris today against Jose Suarez. Uh, and it, it, it's the, the question marks sort of pile up after that. Uh, right on, on Wednesday, it's an afternoon game. Uh, Cal Quantrill could be in line to start that game. It's his day, uh, it's the fifth day after his last start. Uh, but Tito had talked about possibly moving him back to Thursday. Uh, for the makeup game against the White Sox to face the the White Sox, but uh, you know, there's there's a number of reasons why you know you might want to keep Quantrill in uh, in his rotation in his spot.
0: Yeah, you know, Tito was saying that you know they hadn't talked to Quantrill, you know, before yesterday's game. I think they were going to do it, you know, either right before you know the first pitch or or after the game. But he said Quantrill would would prefer to stay on his fifth day. Which would you know be to, uh, Wednesday, you know, against the Angels in the Angels series finale, but you know they were also kicking around the idea of having him start uh, Thursday against the White Sox. So we'll have to see how that works out.
1: Yeah, interesting. In, in if to me personally, if if Quantrill expresses a desire to want to pitch on that fifth day and stay in his spot then you pitch him on that day, you do what's comfortable. I understand the the lure of sort of wanting him to pitch against the White Sox, but again, you're going back out to Chicago the beginning of next week, and he would be in line to pitch the, the last game of that series, I believe, or one of the games of that series. Uh, and, and Do you really want him facing uh, Chicago twice in one week or in, in, in a week's time? Uh, I think there's more of an advantage to pitching him on Wednesday, especially if you're in a position to possibly sweep the Angels, uh, or you know, take care of that, I, I just think uh, you know, throw him on a day he's most comfortable and piece together the rotation. You know, the day after that.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good point, Joe, and it makes sense. Um, yeah, and then I guess so. If if uh, if Quantrow doesn't go, uh, if he goes Wednesday, then Tristan McKenzie would be in line to start. Thursday against, uh, you know, Thursday against uh, uh, Chicago. Charter. And then, uh, you know, Bieber would be able to start the first game against uh, the Twins on Friday. But that still leaves, you know, that that day night or, you know, that doubleheader on Saturday. It's kind of wide open. And Sunday's game as well. So, you know, they're, they're, they've got a lot. They must be juggling a lot of balls right now to to figure out who is going to fill out this rotation.
1: Yeah, you got to figure for the doubleheader. Xavier Curry is going to be in line to to get one of those games uh, as a call up from Columbus. But beyond that, you you can't really be certain. You know, uh, for the the earlier late game there on Saturday, and then Sunday's finale or not not finales because they go again Monday. That's crazy. Uh, it, it, and again, you're throwing them against a team that's one of the teams that's chasing you in the division. So. Uh, just very very interesting situation coming up here uh with the pitching uh yeah it, it, again so what are we going to see tonight when we get to the ballpark uh well, <laughs> can we get a no hitter can we get a uh you know major league history with mike trout it, it it there are so many different levels to to keep watching and oh by the way, the magic number is at twenty. Twenty, the magic number. The countdown begins, Joe. <laughs> Boy, I, I, it's been since what, twenty eighteen? Since I've I've had to put uh, you know stories together each morning, telling people what the uh, the magic number is and who, where the races are and who's who's behind Cleveland in the standings and you know who they're chasing and all that. So all we know is it's pretty much the central or bust right now uh, because the the magic number is at twenty. The Number to clinch a wild card spot right now is 26. So they would actually hit the uh the number to clinch the division before they could uh you know you know guarantee themselves a wild card spot, which which means the only real number you're thinking about is 20. Yeah, definitely. And you want you know,
0: as we've said before, they're they're really their only avenue, they're they're their best. Avenue is is to win that division because you do not want to get into the uh, the wild card swamp. That's ah uh, that thing changes every day. Right now, Joe, we were talking before. If the se- if the season ended today, the, uh, the Guardians would play Tampa Bay in in the first round of the in in the wild card round. Yeah, they
1: would host Tampa Bay. And, you know, it it, it it that's the the nice thing about winning a division. Uh, even if you don't get the buy, you do get to you're guaranteed to host. That three-game, uh, you know, best-of-three series uh, in in your your home park, so I uh, wouldn't have to travel far for the postseason to begin. Uh, all right, Oinsie, we will check in again tomorrow uh, after Game Two of the the Angels series here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.